Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. We are two weeks away from Christmas. I hope that doesn't cause you to break out in hives. This Christmas will be different from the rest, I'm pretty sure, because of the pandemic. It may look and feel different, but the heart of Christmas remains the same. God's great gift of love for us. His Son, Jesus, coming to earth. We can take that for granted. I can take that for granted. So I'm glad that we have some traditions that help to help remind us that the whole reason we have Christmas is because God gave his great gift of his son. One of my favorite memories of Christmas is the time we spent opening presents. On Christmas Eve, my brothers and sisters and I would pin our names to the chairs. We didn't have leather. We had upholstery, so we could do that reserving our places for the next morning around the tree. We would all end up on the floor eventually since it would take hours for this grand event. We didn't have a lot of money, but we got lots of presents that were not very expensive. Also the night before, while still awake in our beds, we'd hear dad's staple gun putting up the blanket over the hall entryway into the living room. That way they could put out the big presents that couldn't be wrapped. We were not allowed to peek. In fact, the next morning we'd have to traipse through the patio into the kitchen and wait through breakfast before lining up youngest first to march up to the mantel for stockings in the glare of dad's movie camera lights. Great memories. I remember having uh, returned from college one Christmas. My sisters and I would be talking on the couch or watching the old black and white version of A Christmas Carol. And dad would start stapling up the blanket. He wanted to go to bed. And we'd say, what? No bicycle or big dolls for us this year, dad? We took all morning to open gifts one by one. Neighbor kids would press their faces against our picture window, waiting for the Moore family to get finished. And no matter how long it took, it was always a little sad when it was all over. I'm still trying to get my husband to staple a blanket up in our living room, but he just can't seem to get into the tradition of it all. We have to hide the big presents in the understairs closet. We are halfway through December. Most likely, you have been thinking at least a little bit about gifts. Maybe some of you are all finished. You took advantage of last year's after Christmas sales and stashed everything away, and now you're desperately trying to remember where everything is. You've probably noticed what many magazines have had on their covers. The perfect gift for everyone on your list. The perfect gift for the perfectionist. Gifts you can make for the craft inclined or the budget conscious. Food gifts for the person who has everything. I saw a sign in front of a window that read, The Gift of Joy, $39.99. I thought, wow, wasn't I wonder why there wasn't a line out front. I mean, the gift of joy for 40 bucks, I would be there. When I was growing up, we would receive the Sears Christmas catalog in October, put on the Christmas carols and make our list, even though we lived in California and it was still warm in October. Now they even call it the wish book. When my daughter Bonnie began making her list and dropping major hints one year when she was probably in her teens, I reminded her that it was called a wish book for a reason and not all wishes come true at any given Christmas. Now our whole family is on Google Docs. 
There is no getting around it. Presents are a big part of the holiday season. Bonnie will set up this big spreadsheet and whatever people think they want for Christmas, they will add to the list. Of course, gift giving can be overemphasized and we can get frazzled and stressed out about it. And budgets are always a concern. But I know it's good to remember that the idea of giving originated with God. God, the ultimate gift giver, who gives the perfect gift for every person and for every room when we make room for him. So when we give, we are following God's wonderful example. Probably the best known Bible verse in the world is also the best Christmas verse, and it's about giving. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, and because he gave, we want to give too. The heart of Christmas is giving because it began with God giving us his son. The verse goes on, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God chose the best gift and the perfect gift for each of us. He didn't need help from Nordstrom or any catalog. He didn't have to concern himself with a budget, but it did cost him everything. Jesus came to die so that our sins could be forgiven and to give us everlasting life. I remember sitting at Apple Farm restaurant one day with a friend and trying to explain my faith. I said, I guess the most important thing about Christianity to me is forgiveness. I felt really inadequate when I said that. But she replied, that is no small thing, Sue. And she was right. We all know we sin and we need forgiveness. We don't all know that we can have it. Years ago, a friend wrote this to me. The tragedy in our own country and the uncertainties that come with it compel us to listen to God, to strip away the non-essentials. There are only two really important things, to know I am ready to die and to know how to live fully right now. Because of that first Christmas, because God gave his son, we can know how to be ready to die and we can know how to live fully right now. It's a double blessing. My husband Mark used to pour concrete when he was in high school and college. One day, while driving a dump truck full of broken pieces of concrete, his brakes went out. Now the bad thing was that he was going down a very steep hill. The second bad thing was that at the bottom of that hill was a T intersection with cars going back and forth. Now our lives are on a spiritual journey. Oh, I suppose you want to know what happened to Mark. Because the Lord wanted me to get married, he made sure that no cars passed in front of Mark's truck as he sped through the intersection and gradually evened out to a stop. Here's the point. We are born headed downhill with a heavy burden of sin on our backs that separates us from God, and that's why we needed God's Christmas gift. Most of what's on my girls' gift lists are what they want, but not what they need. We need what God gives, and He knew it. The heart of Christmas is God's gift, and we desperately needed His gift. God reached out of his great love and put on the brakes through his son Jesus in a manger and on a cross and now in heaven getting our new house ready. A modern paraphrase of John 3.16 in the message puts it this way. 
This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. The very nature of God's love is that it is cause and effect. He loved, therefore he gave. Not he loved and then nothing. Instead, his love was a catalyst for action. What is love without action? It's like saying gratitude not expressed is not gratitude. We don't really believe someone who talks a lot about love but doesn't do anything about it. We never have to wonder what God meant when he said he loved us. He loved us, so he gave. The effect of his love was Jesus, the heart of Christmas. When we embrace Jesus, we too receive this same love that acts as a cause and effect kind of love. And since we do, the logical question that follows that I must ask myself is, what effect is issuing from my life due to God's love? What do I do because of that kind of love? I heard a great speaker say, take risks for God. And I thought, well, there are no risks when you take risks for God. The bigger risk is not taking risks for God. He wants our whole lives. And it makes sense that the God who made us can also take care of every detail of our lives. Therefore, there is no real risk. The effect of God's love is that he gave. The effect of God's love in me is that I give my whole life back to him. My friend Lisa Lewis took a risk for God and she did it because of God's gift of love to her. Long before I met her, her husband had left her for another woman. She has since remarried. But because of her son from her first marriage, she still had to have dealing with her ex and his new wife, the other woman. One day she asked me, Sue, will you pray for me tomorrow? And I said, sure, what about? I'm going to have my ex-husband's wife for lunch. Now I call that a risk. It went great. They became friends. I can see that God may have it in his plan of grace and love that this woman will eventually become one of God's children because of his love acted out in my friend Lisa. This is a cause and effect kind of life, isn't it? God loved us so much, he gave love to Lisa. Lisa loved God so she showed love to the other woman. Is that the kind of effect that God's love is having in your life and in mine? I'm amazed whenever I'm reminded of this story. God's love made a difference. Its cause effected a dramatic change. That's the kind of love we can show because of that first Christmas. Jesus came to make a difference. The question is, will we let him make that difference through our lives? Now, to be honest, I find there are so many things one can do during this month many of them church-related. I can imagine there are those of you who may already feel up to your necks in Christmas obligation. We can get so overwhelmed that we lose the spirit of love and joy and giving like God gave. That's why it helps me to ask God, what do you want for your birthday? One year I told Bonnie she needed to be praying what we were to give Jesus for, for Christmas because it was his birthday. And she said, Mom, let's take a Bible to everyone in the neighborhood who doesn't know Jesus. Well, I wondered how we were going to do that. But I found a small pamphlet-type Bible, The Message of Hope, for 20 cents, and I bought about 12. 
We then made goodie plates and spent Christmas Eve and late Christmas afternoon dropping them off. One of those couples, couples who had adopted our kids since their kids live out of state. Their relationship has been a gift back to us. On their porch one Christmas late afternoon, old Mr. Becker said, it didn't seem like Christmas till your girls came by. What a gift that was to us. Now the last thing I want to leave you with today is one more thing to do on your already too long list, as well as a guilt complex. So the exciting thing about presents is that they come in all shapes and sizes and they are packaged in a variety of ways. What God wants from me this Christmas might not be the same as he wants from you, as far as how it looks on the outside. There's a great Christmas song about a little drummer who wanted to give an appropriate gift to the baby Jesus. What did he end up giving? Drumming! Now that's not my idea of a great gift. I'm glad he doesn't live next door to me and plays his drums in the garage. And I'm not sure Mary thought it was so great either, especially if she was trying to finally take a nap. But that's not really the point of the song. The point is he was a good drummer and he gave what he had. We give to Jesus what we're good at. It's sort of a re-gifting since he gave it to us in the first place. James 1.17 reads, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. We are blessed to be a blessing. What he gave you, he wants you to give back to him, and he makes it a blessing. I think it gives him great joy to see his gifts spread out the way he imagined they would be. Another point is what God wants from me one year may not be what he wants from me the next year. We don't have to say, I did this last year, I better do it again next year, and put that kind of pressure on ourselves or on our family. Any pressure like that may block our ears to what God is really trying to tell us. Because of the ages of your kids, your gifts to Jesus may be more child-oriented or simply limited by time and money. If you've done something at Christmas as your gift to the baby Jesus, I'd love to hear about it in the comments. I'm sure it will encourage whoever's listening. The number of ideas is usually not the issue. It's simply deciding what's best for you at this season in your life. Don't feel guilty or pressured. Just spend a moment to pray, Lord, what do you want from me for, for Christmas this year? What do you want from me for Christmas this year? Because we can be so good at doing good, sometimes I find that doing can get in the way of being. It would be as if I spent all my time getting ready for company. But by the time they got there, I'd be too tired to enjoy their company. I might say, help yourself to coffee and dessert. I'm going to bed. That's how it can be with God and me. I can be so busy serving him, I'm not taking time to know him. Our pastor told us that the angels came and spoke to the shepherds while they were watching their flocks. You know the song. In other words, they were just doing their job and God spoke to them. I love that. We don't have to go on a women's retreat or spend three days alone somewhere, although that sounds appealing at times, to hear from God. He will come to a ready heart and a willing heart. And it will, pro it will probably be while we're doing our job. He always gives us something that we delight in. Maybe not at first. Maybe we're a little nervous. But God will give the grace and the strength we need when he's talking and telling us he wants us to do this as a gift to him. And we'll have some of that great joy to the world in the process. One time a while ago, when the kids were very little, I asked what they thought Jesus would like for his birthday that year. 
Mary Grace, who was five at the time, said, I think the best gift for baby Jesus is for us to love each other. You can tell why she is now in marriage and family therapy, a grad student to become a therapist. <laughs> I agreed, but I told her it was also the hardest. And of course, her older sisters rolled their eyes. I really couldn't top that other than not to use my credit cards all month. That's also a hard one. One thing that comes to mind is a need to be consistently gentle with my kids as my gift to the Lord Jesus and to my husband, to teach more by example than with a quick retort and a sermon. I saw an advertisement uh, for a Thermador stove in a magazine. That stove looked as big as my kitchen. It featured a burner that you could keep on extra low simmer so that when we get interrupted in our cooking, we won't burn anything. Sometimes I've forgotten that I've left something on the stove until I smell it burning. This special extra low simmer cycles on and off, allowing an even simmer. When you're wondering what to give your family this year, let's keep this one in mind. Not the stove. Rather, we can give an even simmer to everyone around us, an even temperature of love and grace, encouraging words, serving as Christ served us, submitting to one another. God so loved that he gave. As you spend these next couple days getting ready, wrapping gifts, spend some quiet moments asking the Savior, just what would you like from me this Christmas? You gave everything. What would you like from me? If you don't know God yet, he would answer your question with, I would like you to believe in me as your Savior. Then you will receive a far greater gift, everlasting life, and the ability to live fully right now. Rosetti put it this way, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give my heart. May this Christmas find us not only filled with the joy of the season, but with a heart that responds to God's gift with the question, What do you want for Christmas this year, Jesus? Have a wonderful day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.